the day. I was like, I'm going to get his ass. And I go and slip that Sprite bottle right into his lunchbox. Word travels fast. Everybody knew that David had a bottle full of piss in his lunchbox. And then I got real damn nervous. Oh, I'm getting busted right here, man. Mom packed a Sprite, man. That's nice. He just starts drinking it like he was parched from like back-to-back full-court five-on-five or something like that. You know what I mean? He was just down in this Sprite bottle. What the F did I just drink? Hits drunk Andre in the face. (laughs) Andre falls out the boat. We got to go save his ass. I just throw the damn baby in the blanket across the room. And she's looking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The baby's not making any sound. There was a kid in my high school that drank piss for five bucks. Yeah, is that kid still breathing today? Yeah, he is. Welcome to The Flex. Now broadcasting from the Fantasy Sports Studios. Here are your hosts of the flagship podcast, Chris Jakes and Jeff Kelly. Hey, what's good? Welcome to the Flex. Jeff, man, good to have you back. How are you feeling after your shoulder surgery last week? A little bit of pain. Real quick, man, I just want to hit on something real quick that happened last week. Last week on Monday, we had the fantasy basketball draft and... Kevin was working during the draft, so he had, he had his girlfriend draft for him. So I'm trying to look at Kevin's fantasy basketball team just to see how we did, you know, post-draft. And I looked at the first three players in his lineup, and this is like probably a couple of days later. It's probably on Wednesday when I did, the, when I did this, Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm looking at his lineup, and I see the first three players there, and I'm like, this mofo's team is straight garbage, man. Until I saw Jalen Brown's name, and then I realized I was looking at my own damn fantasy team, man. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's a good that's a good way to get an outside perspective from uh, your your picks, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. But man, uh, as soon as I saw Jalen Brown, I was like, oh damn it, that's my team. Anyway, NFL news. So Carson Palmer is out. Eight weeks with the broken arm, man. Is this the end for Carson Palmer? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I got to say, I called this one, man. I said, whether by injury or performance, Carson Palmer was not going to make it the whole season. I said, by week eight, he'd be replaced. And sure enough, he was, even though by he was injury, injury. performance, he was doing okay. Yeah, that's true. Aaron Jones for the Packers gashed the New Orleans Saints like a depressed teenager with a razor, man. Another good call by me. Adrian Peterson... Remembers he's 32, and... I told you he would suck this week. Did I not? You're right, man. Good call on that one. He's irrelevant now, but no Palmer going to stack the box. I don't think he's irrelevant, but... He'll get the touches, but... I, I think he's definitely matchup-based. It's not going to be Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton can't be the Cardinals quarterback the rest of the season, I don't think. It's got to be Blaine Gabbard or, or an outside person, right? I would think Blaine Gabbard has a higher upside, but we don't run the team. Yeah, I mean, to make an acquisition to get AP like they did from New Orleans, I just don't think they can just go trade for Adrian Peterson and then just kind of give up after Palmer goes down. I do think David Johnson, with Palmer getting hurt, David Johnson might not come back this year. Yeah, I agree, man. But it's only a broken wrist, so he might come back to play because it's just a wrist. It's not a ligament. If it's a ligament, he wouldn't come back. But with a broken bone, it'll heal stronger. So we'll see. 
Nostradamus or Nostral Dumbass. All right, just some other recaps here from where we were right. Already hit on a couple of them here. Aaron Jones was one that I hit on there. I said that he would finish with at least 80 yards on the ground, and he would finish ahead of Ty Montgomery in fantasy points and rushing yards. Also where I was right is A.J. Derby finishes as the top 10 tight end. Fantasy recap. All right, man, recapping the games from week seven. And let's start with, let's start with Baltimore, Minnesota, man. Who knew Latavius Murray was a fan of The Walking Dead? Which returned Sunday night, by the way. Murray appeared to be auditioning for that show all season, but when he heard it was returning Sunday, so did he, man. Murray finishes as RB8 for the week. McKinnon finishes as RB30. Jeff, who would you rather have going forward, McKinnon or Murray? I still take McKinnon and PPR. Maybe Murray in standard. I think just the reason the game flowed like that is because Baltimore has great linebackers for coverage. Yeah, I'm not putting much stock into Latavius Murray right now. Baltimore's defense as a whole, man, is pretty garbage. And I agree with McKinnon and PPR. I think he's good for at least five catches a game. He's going to have a clear role. And he's been splitting work with Murray the past few weeks anyway since Cook went out. It's just Murray hasn't been relevant. He finally yeah, broke McKinnon out for a good game. Good catches, long balls. I still think you're fine with McKinnon in the BPR league. Still got you at 12 points. Yeah, yeah, he still was... Okay, even though we finished his RB30. It was just it's a weird week, man. Weird week, week uh, seven. Scores. Yeah, and on the Baltimore side of the ball, Buck Allen is becoming one of those guys, like a friend you sort of hate, but you kind of keep around anyway because in a crunch he can't be reliable. But other times, he'll be passed out in a Denny's bathroom at 2 a.m. and he'll call you for a ride home, man. Is Buck Allen worth the frustration? No, I don't think anybody. The only, team, only player I play on that is the Ravens' defense. I wouldn't even play the Ravens' defense. But you know what's funny? I, I made a comment last week about Justin Tucker. Oh, Tucker, too. Yeah, Tucker, I was saying, is not really startable right now for fantasy, but then he goes and puts up 14 points, so he definitely bounced back. Offense wasn't moving the ball. Yeah, the whole Ravens' offense is just terrible right now. Moving on to the Jets and Dolphins. Miami with a nice comeback win in this game, man. The Jets are making the case for the Dolphins' team MVP this year. And Jay Cutler, the droopy-faced bastard, who got rocked and suffered some broken ribs. Looks like he's going to be out two to three weeks. For Miami fans, though, I can only assume, but I would equate this to being extremely constipated and struggling to push out a lapdog-sized turd. And after a long, intense battle, you're just happy it's over. How do you feel about the Dolphins quarterback situation right now? And you're a Dolphins fan, so you can provide some insight for me on this one. They say, like, people think that Matt Moore had a comeback win, but it wasn't really like that. The defense started playing better. Matt Moore actually had a worse rating than Cutler. Cutler was playing really good ball. So are you upset that Cutler's uh, out for a few weeks? Um, or for good, maybe? Yeah, I'd rather have Cutler, but let's let's see Matt Moore, so... If he blows the ball, Zach, then everybody can realize that Cutler's our guy going forward. We are 4-2 and two with Cutler as our starter. I think Moore's going to do better for Miami than Cutler. He should. He know, He should. He knows the system. So when he played a couple of games last year, he does got an easy, he does got an easy game against the Ravens coming up. They can't put up offense. Yeah. And with the Dolphins being a top defense right now. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. And Jarvis Landry continues to play very well. And dude must have run hurdles in high school, man, because – that was just perfect on Sunday. Now, you'll see 
a ball carrier hurdle defender every now and then. But Landry hurdled Daryl Roberts, who's six feet tall. And Landry's hurdle started from like two yards before the defender got there. So it was like two yards out, man. And, man, it was just, it was pretty damn athletic. Not to say that I didn't know Landry's already athletic, but, man, that was, was, that like was something else. Pretty high. Yeah, and he, it was about a four or five-yard leap, too, man. It was, I don't know, it was impressive. Anyway, Kenny Stills goes six for 85, two touchdowns. When Devontae Parker comes back from this injury that's kind of been lingering lately, does he take a back seat to Stills? No, I think Parker's still a deep threat. I think Landry's still the target monster. I just think the way uh, some of the play calls came out that Stills happened to be open. Matt Moore probably has a lot more reputation with Stills, too, as well. Yeah, he does. He's got a better rapport with him. But even with uh, he had Landry, he threw him the ball nine times, got five catches for nine, 80 yards, 90 yards. So thank you. Landry's still definitely playing. So is Ajayi. Other than that, I wouldn't play anybody in the Dolphins. You wouldn't? I wouldn't chase the points for Stills. Stills has played pretty well, though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Parker, early on the season, well, like he was back. number one. I, I feel comfortable. Oh, Matt Moore, though. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I think Landry's definitely the safest play there, especially in PPR. And he's found the end zone each of the last three games, man. Yeah. yeah. He should fight it again against Baltimore. Moving on to what I thought was a surprising game of the week. And, man, Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. And like we said about AP earlier, man, AP just couldn't get the DeLorean fired up for week seven, man. As we stated last week, AP gunned it to 88 and turned back the clocks to 2012 on his way to a huge 134-yard rushing, two-touchdown performance. But in week seven, man, just 4.3 fantasy points. And now with the Palmer injury, it's going to get harder on AP, as we discussed. But I think he's still a decent matchup-based starter. Now that Carson Palmer is going to miss a lot of games, if not the whole season, or this might be a career ender, by the way. Do you think it's time to drop David Johnson in redraft leagues? Redraft leagues? Yeah, I think you could drop David Johnson. Obviously, dynasties, you don't drop him. But redraft leagues, I'd feel comfortable dropping him because you're wasting a roster spot for a team. If you're in the bottom, you probably took him high. So you drop him, get another roster spot. If you need to and you can have a chance to make the playoffs, you pick him up or try to trade him to a top team. Yeah, I'd feel... Very uncomfortable dropping DJ, especially being a top three pick. I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I can understand that people do want to do it. I mean, I don't think DJ's coming back unless the Cardinals make another acquisition and go out and get another quarterback. I mean, if they're out of it in the next few weeks, if they struggle, there's no sense of DJ coming back this year. Larry Fitzgerald, I think his production takes a hit with the Palmer injury, as well as the other Cardinals wide receivers. What do you do if you own Larry Fitzgerald with the Palmer injury? He was Larry Fitzgerald in his press conference post game was definitely was, upset about it. Yeah, he thought he was their best offensive player. I think uh, you have to be very, very scared. Todd Gurley in this game continues his run of dominance. He plowed through the Cardinals like Ryan Reynolds plows through tail and route to a 25 point performance, finishing his RB3 for the week. Robert Woods, quietly, man, has produced four double-digit fantasy performances this season. Why do you think he's widely available in 10 to 12-team leagues? I think he's widely available because a lot of people don't feel comfortable with golf. You know, and uh, actually, Woods has been the best receiver there so far, and he's keep getting the targets. So I I think he should be probably owned in most leagues, in 12-man leagues. I agree, man. I put in a waiver claim for him in one of our leagues here. 
And yeah, I think Woods is consistent in PPR, man. I think it's a good, I think it's a good, good, good safety play. play. Yeah, it is. It's good depth as well. He's getting good, tar- good amount of targets. And uh, the way uh, they keep burning that rock, they can't, they don't, not really stack in the box. So if they start stacking the box, Woods is going to beat a lot of one on ones. He did decent in Buffalo. He had some good highlight games there. So hey, golf has done all right this year. He's had a lot, he's had some down games, but uh, if Gurley keeps running like that, it's going to give opportunity for Woods. Because yeah. Watkins, I think he's just like almost like a what's the word I'm thinking here? A decoy. That's the word, a decoy. Yeah, is it time to drop Sammy Watkins? I don't have any shares in him, but I would never have any shares. I, I'd rather just I'd rather not have him because don't get me wrong, he will have a couple games probably over hundred and a TD, but he's gonna give you a lot more downs than up he has highs. What did he score yesterday in PPR? Watkins had seven point two points in PPR. Matt's not going to get it done. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Marlon Mack, we talked about this last week, led the Colts' backfield with 10.6 fantasy points. Fournette missed this one, and in came Chris Ivory, who found the end zone but only had eight fantasy points on the day. While TJ Yeldon, man, came out of nowhere. Crushed it. Rushed for 122 yards and a touchdown, finishing as RB6. Was 17 carries, had a couple good catches. Yeah. Is he I worth think an it's ad? wishy-washy when uh, Fournette doesn't play, but obviously it just shows you how good Fournette is. Yeah, I agree. Would you would you take a flyer on TJ Yeldon in PPR leagues? No. Agreed, I wouldn't. Because uh, after this bye week, Fournette will be back, and he should be probably pretty good. It'll be three weeks out from his twist. Yeah, but I do, want, I do worry about Fournette a little bit because he is a rookie. They haven't working on man like a dog. That guy's a monster, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with everything you said. I just a little hesitant. Like, but I don't if think it was a playoff game, he said he would have played no problem. Just saying. Yeah. So yeah. down week 15, 14, 13, when they're, they're fighting for the division, he will play with little injury. He's not scared to play through an injury. Jacksonville's defense looks solid as hell on, the, on their way to a shutout. On the Colts side of the ball, man, just a, just a mess right now. Andrew Luck and other news here. He's not going to be back till at least Thanksgiving. At the not earliest. even worth it. Don't even have him on your roster. Yep, I don't even. You can. I don't know. It's hard to play anybody from. I know Marlon Mack had a good game, but you can't play anybody on the Colts. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't either. I, I have played Marlon Ty next depth. week in a league. We I have him, but he was a waiver wire pickup, and I have no choice. I have to play him, either him or Fuller. Yeah, I don't know. I think Mack is good depth though, going down the road. Yeah. Moving on to the Saints and Packers. Saints defense finished last week, week six, as the highest scoring fantasy asset. I don't know why they were picked up by so many teams heading into week seven. I, I, I just don't know what they were expecting. It was just a fluke game by the Saints defense. And uh, yeah, not a whole lot to say about the defense this week. But on the Saints side of the ball, Mark Ingram has a good day. Alvin Kamara, good day as well. Michael Thomas finally showed up and played really well. On the Packers side of the ball, completely different story. With no Aaron Rodgers, there was no Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. There was no quarterback play. Brett Hundley, he's a yeah. dog, man. He's a dog. I just feel I don't feel comfortable, comfortable playing any Packer. Maybe Aaron Jones, and like we think, what Ty Montgomery's gonna be the third down back. Yeah, Aaron. If Ty Montgomery is healthy. He'd be the starter, I think. But I don't think he's healthy from them in rib injury. He broke like three or four ribs. That's hard to come back. He don't want to get hit with that. Yeah, Aaron Jones is definitely the best running back in Green Bay right now. Even when Montgomery is f- fully healthy, 
he's still going to move down to the third round or change of pace kind of guy. If you have any of those Packer players, try to trade him. Chris will just tell you, I just got a trade. I traded Derrick Henry and Jordy Nelson for Julio Jones. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's good, it's a good trade, man. Good trade. I, I, Julio hasn't performed great this year, but I, I like the upside. You know, Derek Yeah, he's going to turn it around. You know, you know I have the depth at running back in that league, so I didn't care about giving up Derrick Henry. Obviously, if Murray does go down, Henry's a RB1, but I'm not worried about it. I need a receiver. That's a big move for you, actually, man, because uh, I finally lost my first game in that league this week. And the way it looks right now, man, it might be you and me playing in the championship in that league. Yeah. Sammy actually got a good team that I should beat this week, but hopefully if I beat him. But it, you're probably right. That's a big move for me. And if DJ comes back, that's even a bigger move, obviously. You know that. Well, since you just traded Jordy Nelson like 10 minutes ago, what do you think uh, his outlook is for the rest of the way? Do you think the Packers are going to roll with Brett Hundley? Or are they gonna, I mean, I guess they're going to. Yeah, I think he will be better. Brett Hundley, another week in the offense, they have a bye week. I think he will be. I think Jordy is a wide receiver, too, going forward. I just feel more comfortable with Julio's. Oh, of course. I agree. I agree. And with Tennessee and the Derrick Henry thing, we'll get to that soon, man. But nice trade, Jeff. Good trade. Now I'm going to go try to rob Kurt, too. You should have took that McKinnon trade. I almost did, man. Yeah, same guy. It wasn't Kurt who had Baldwin. What's that? It wasn't Kurt who had Baldwin. Someone else had Baldwin. Okay, it was somebody else that offered me that. Yeah, I should have taken that, though. He denied McKinnon for Baldwin. He would have got Baldwin. Well, I was was holding on. I was waiting on it. And when I went back to go accept it, he had canceled it. I would so love the feedback because Kurt already has Hunt, Fournette. I mean, Chris already has Hunt, Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Gordon, and, and Gurley. Yes, and Gurley. And yeah. McKinnon. So McKinnon's never playing. Yeah, no, of course not. All right, moving on to Carolina and Chicago. Two solid defenses on display in this one. Man, my boy Cam. Cam Newton. Yeah, your boy. Three points for the Panthers. Against that Chicago D. Chicago D's, man, Chicago, he's really playing well. What have I been saying since week one? Chicago has a good defense. Yep, yep. That front seven is nasty. It is, man. Eddie Nothing. Jackson, I think his name is Eddie Jackson, the safety rookie from Alabama. That's the one that scored the two touchdowns yesterday for uh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty nice. That dude had a hell of a game. He won the game. Yeah, he did. I think it's, it's the first time ever in NFL that a defender scored two 75-yard-plus touchdowns. I believe you're correct on that. On Carolina side of the ball, not really much to get to, man. Pretty disappointing all around for them. Chicago side of the ball, kind of the same deal. Jordan Howard didn't really get too much play in this one or didn't put up. He didn't. He did He had 16 rushes, and they were winning the game, and then he finally got the 21 rushes. But Tariq Cohen didn't rush the ball. Benny Cunningham didn't really rush the ball. And Mr. Trubisky threw the ball seven times. So I'm not sure who really played football there. Defense. It was just two defenses playing. <laughs> Offenses didn't show up on that one. Okay. Moving on to Tampa and Buffalo. O.J. Howard, man. Two wide-open touchdowns. Wide open. Like, there was nobody within 10 yards of him, man. It was – I don't know how the hell that happened. He's a big dude. It's not like he's hiding behind defenses or whatever. But, yeah, six catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Has O.J. Howard finally arrived? Arrived? I think he's been here the whole year, but they use him more because he's a better blocking back and Bright's a better receiving back. So, I just think the way some of those coverage schemes worked out, Bright was covered and O.J. Well, Howard's completely wide open. He had, like, two – the two easy touchdowns, the one of them was like a 40-yard touchdown. No yeah. one's even near. That's like the third time they've done a play like that. He's been open like that. But obviously, Howard's probably owned in most leagues. But uh, I still think Cameron Brate's the guy going forward there. You still think Brate's going to be the guy? Yeah. I think Brate takes a small step back because I think Howard is the future, obviously. And I think Brate's after this performance. Tight end, I think they're going to use those guys on multiple setups. 
Oh, and two tight end packages? Yeah, I, I agree on that. But I just think OJ Howard's going to start taking more targets So you now. can see it's going to be like a back and forth. Kind of break. One week will get like 14, 15, then OJ will get 14, 15, something like that. You're thinking? Yeah, I'd still, I'd still lean Brait, but I just think he's going to be closer to a low-end tight end one than a safe tight end one. Gotcha. Yeah, as you far as... Howard's on the tight end two uprise? I think he's still a tight end two, but I think he's right on that line, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hitting on Buffalo real quick, man. Tyrod Taylor, I don't know how the hell he keeps putting up fantasy points because they have absolutely nobody on that offense. Nobody. To, I didn't no know he threw the ball to yesterday. I don't know, man. He's playing catch with himself out there or something because he somehow finished with over 20 fantasy points, man. Crazy. I, it was between him and Palmer I picked up against you, and I picked the right guy, but it wouldn't have made a difference if I, didn't, if I picked Palmer. But if you look at Tyrod when he plays home, averages over 25 points a game. When he's on the road, averages seven. So yeah. if you have him, play him when he's at home. If he's on the road, do not play him. Agreed, man. Moving on to Tennessee and Cleveland. This McCoy game, did good. We should probably say McCoy. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot about McCoy. McCoy. Good. He finally got in the end zone. He did it twice. Yeah, good game for McCoy. I think you're fine with McCoy going forward still. People got yeah. nervous. We had some feedback about McCoy's nervous trying to trade him. Keep McCoy. He's still a top five running back. You think he's top five? I don't think he's that high. With the injuries and stuff like that? Yeah. Ah. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd say he's top 10, but I think he's closer to 10 than he is to 5. Okay, 7, I'll give him the worst. <laughs> All right. Hitting on the Titans and Browns real quick. Let me ask you a question, man. I'm ready for it. Who is Cooper Rush? I even know. Yeah, not to be confused with Cooper Cup. Cooper Rush. Well, what if I told you with 18 fewer pass attempts, Cooper Rush had more than doubled... Deshaun Kosher's total fantasy points in Week 7. Who is Cooper Rush? Was he the guy exactly. for the Steelers that threw that one ball? No. Uh-oh. Did you watch uh, the San Francisco-Dallas game? No, I was watching the, the Steelers-Bengals game. Okay. Yeah, he was the uh, he came in for Dallas and threw two passes. Oh, he's, he's the <laughs> white quarterback. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And anyway. he had a long run. Yeah, he did. He had a long run. And then just to hit on Kaiser real quick, man, I don't think it's going to happen for him. You know, Tim Couch was another Browns drafted quarterback back in the day, and not even Couch looked this bad, and he was considered a bust. I think Kaiser's garbage. I don't, Do we I, want to talk about the Browns and the quarterbacks they've missed? Oh, my God, so many. Wentz, huge. Yeah, terrible. Year, year before that, we'll not even talk about the Browns. Don't play anybody on the Browns. Remember they signed Derek Anderson to that big long-term deal back yeah, like in 06 or 07? Yeah, they are terrible. Duke and PPR is so a low-end two flex option. Yeah, for PPR. You know, you know who who I am just, I'm just so down on right now, man, and that's Marcus Mariota. You know, he's just yeah, not he's just happened. not a good fantasy quarterback. I thought he was gonna step it up going into this year. I yeah, took him in a both couple had him leagues. A top ten guy. I think yeah. the ninth we had him, right? I had him right there, yeah. Yep. And man, heading into week eight, he's the sixteenth ranked quarterback, with which is kind of surprising considering dude's only got four touchdown passes and four picks. I mean, no player on the Tennessee offense right now is start worthy to me on a consistent basis. I do want to see if Corey Davis can shake things up in that offense, maybe open up something in the passing stretch, game. Stretch the field for the run. Yeah, well, yeah, that, and maybe open up some stuff for Rashard Matthews, Eric Decker. I thought Eric Decker was going to have a good game. I thought a lot of players on Tennessee were going to have a good game in this one, man. I thought going up against Cleveland and that terrible team, offense but and defense. But their rush defense only gives up 3.1 yards of carry. And so I had Murray in there. And I was like, okay, with Murray hamstring, they're talking about giving the ball to Henry, probably controlling the downs, and here we go. DeMarco Murray gets 
70% of the play. Just ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. The whole Tennessee Titans team just yeah. pisses me off, man. Very Especially Mariota. PR, but it's rough to deal with that team. Yeah. Moving on to Cooper Rush's team here. You got the 49ers and the Cowboys. Brian Hoyer's out. CJ Bathard got the start. Carlos Hyde, man, disappointing. He was, I thought he was going to be a great daily fantasy play at $5,800. And yeah, man. his rush defense. What do you end up with, 12 points PPR? Something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And then you talk about Matt Breda was the same player as Hyde, and Breda touched the ball seven times the past two weeks. So Marquise Goodwin, hey, you called it. You would say you would add him. I said no. He looked like he got most of the targets from uh, Berthard. Yeah. Um, Matt Breda, we're going to get to him later in the show here, but don't hang on, drop him. No, yes, absolutely drop his ass. Uh, as for Carlos Hyde, man, yeah, you're right. He had 12 fantasy points on the day. Marquise Goodwin was a guy that I did call in daily as well for this past week on the website. And You said add him two weeks ago, too. Yeah. So you yeah, said you would take a flyer. Him. I said no. You said take a flyer, and you're yeah. right. Yeah. No, he actually played pretty well. Pierre Garçon, a little disappointing in PPR. Came back down to life. Yeah, he did. He did. He was... Pretty consistent there for a while, but this new quarterback change might be affecting more than just uh, being an Pierre Garcon, too, because George Kittle also came back to earth, man. Just yeah. two points. All right, so on the Dallas side of the ball, Ezekiel Elliott, man, was just a madman over 200 yards total offense. He did his thing. He did. He did. Dak did his thing. Yeah, Dak did, man. Looked really Dad's good. Dad's in it with 19 in PPR, which he was, he was uh, my Fourth receiver this week, going to this week against the 49ers. Yeah, Jason Witten, too, man, finds Jason the end Witten zone. Jason had a nice catch. Yep. Yeah, the whole D Dallas team was just clicking on all cylinders in that one, and they just yeah, I think Cole even had five points of PPR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, it was ugly game for the 49ers. You got Zeke for one more week, guys. See if you can get a good trade. See if you can sell high to someone dumb. What would you expect in return? What would you try to get for Zeke right now with you know him going to be suspended? We don't know, but he has the the reviewing Monday the thirtieth, which possibly could end suspension. I'm worried about him. You know, what would you try to get in return? What, what would I try at? to get? I would try to get a player of, of almost equal value. I would try to get like Antonio Brown. I would try to get. Well, you know, you know the person who owns Brown and Bell and PPR are not going to trade those guys, right? Would you take Doug Baldwin for him if you were hurting? If you had good running back depth and you're okay, say you had McFadden on your bench and you're a weak at receiver, would you take Baldwin for Zeke? Oh, yeah, I'd probably want Baldwin and then another throw-in, another, like, flex type of player. Like a Derrick Henry or, like, a Kamara with a huge upside? Yeah. Well, obviously, Kamara on PPR, he's a yeah. starter. I would. Or even, um, I would take, like, a Mack and uh, Baldwin okay. type deal for Zeke because I don't think Zeke's going to help you in the playoffs. And if, you need, if you're hurt... Yeah, if he rides you and gets to spin a week 10, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're screwed there. Oh, oh, oh. All right, moving on to the Giants and the Seahawks here. Seahawks were coming off a bye. Giants were coming off a big win on this one. I know you were. Uh, you did like a little sneaky play, trying to pick up the Giants, and after that first half, you were pretty happy. They were at like 29 points, and then Seattle came to play. Yeah, Russell Wilson finished with a big game. Top three fantasy quarterback for the week, and none of those running backs do that, that Seattle running game. Oh, like we said, no. stay away, and man, you still you're still staying away. None of them look good. Yeah. 11 carries for both Rawls and Lacey, and none of them could do – neither one of them could do anything with it. and some runs. He did. Maybe they give him a shot to take a lot of the workload, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't touch any of those guys. Yeah. Jimmy Graham actually had a decent performance finally. 
in garbage. Well, not garbage time, but yeah, late in that game. He could have. He should have had another touchdown. He dropped in the first half. Complete drop. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Wilson, like I said, after September, he starts playing football for some reason, some weird reason, and uh, I think he's going to be a top QB going out. Doug Baldwin finally played well. Had a good game on the road. Yep, nine for ninety-two. On the Giants' side of the ball, Eli Manning. You know, for the lack of weapons that he has, he's, he actually put up a decent amount of fantasy points. I don't know how he's doing it. I mean, Evan Ingram was the big guy in that yeah, one. Yeah, he had a – Evan Ingram's the guy there, man. If you have – you're lucky to pick is. him up off the waiver wire, he's, he's a – I would almost say top five tight end going out the rest of the way. I think he definitely is, especially in PPR formats. Yeah, Evan Ingram's he, definitely top five for me. I was kind of watching the game. I'm sure you were, but he had a 60-yard catch, but apparently he got bumped out on his route and he was the first one to come back in and they make that rule – where you can't touch the ball, which they should change that rule to if you're inside and you you like basketball, if you get your feet back in bounds and you're stabilized and you can catch the ball. But, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a dumb rule. I think they do that just, you know, so if you're on the outside playing receiver, you run out of bounds, you get away from the defender, and then you come back in bounds. I guess that's kind of yeah why they had that rule. But Orleans Darkwa was the number one added guy in fantasy last week. And disappointment, man. He had- the Seattle defense. Look, came to yeah. play. You ain't got to, you stack the box. You ain't got to worry about Eli beating you with those guys didn't even know how to run routes. They couldn't run slants. Eli's looking at him like, what kind of football are you playing? He only trusts Evan Ingram. Barring injury, I could see Evan Ingram finishing a top four tight end in PPR. Because he's already behind the, he's already behind. Yeah, I think he'll be number six, seven. Six, seven in PPR? End of the year. I think with Zach Ertz, Gronk, there's just a lot of good top tier tight ends Probably like PPR, Travis Kelsey. Ertz will probably finish one in PPR because he just gets the same amount of targets and then Gronk and then probably Kelsey. Yep. Then who do you have after that? Why couldn't you put Ingram be right there? You could put Ingram there. Austin Safarian Jenkins is another guy that's playing as well as Ingram right now. I just think he has more opportunities. Yeah. No, I agree. He's definitely going to. He's lock and loaded, ready to go. And I think the Giants already had their bye too. Yep. So you're good to go with a tight end one. Yep. Moving on to the Bengals and the Steelers. This game was a little surprising for me because I actually thought Cincinnati was going to go in and play much better than they did, man. I thought that um, I thought it was going to be much closer than it was. Big Ben did okay at home. Le'Veon Bell just, man, he just watched, watching him play football. You just got to love the game just to watch that guy. He'll sit there for a second behind the line and wait for the line open. He just runs through. He's, he's just a great football player. Yeah, and he's killing it right now too, man. Over 30 touches a game over the last few weeks. Martavis Bryant, early Sunday, the report came out saying that the Steelers were going to get her, him more heavily involved, and that sure as hell did not happen. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to climb up the depth chart there as I think he's definitely established himself now as the number two wide receiver opposite Antonio Brown. Smith-Schuster finds the end zone. Yeah. And they play a game of hide-and-seek on the end zone after the touchdown. I like that. That was good. That was good. Did you see that play where he found the end zone? Yes, I did. He was wide open, caught the ball, and he, like, stopped ready to get hit. And he looked, and no one was around. He was, I think he was surprised. No one was there to hit him. Yeah. A.J. Green was held in check in this one. And Andy Dalton goes full retard here in this week, too, man. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. On fourth down, he throws it away out of bounds, man. I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. Did you that. see when, a- when he threw that ball, A.J. Green just, like, fell to his knees and put his yes. head on his helmet, like, at least throw me the ball. He was past, he was double coverage, but he was past the line. You got a guy 6'5", throw the ball up. Let him give him a chance. A.J. Green, first half, I think he's 3 for 41. After that, he didn't get a catch. Yeah, man, it was ugly. First drive, he had, I think, 30, 25, 30 yards. And Halloween is, uh, is this week or next week, I guess. 
If the Bengals were a show on television, what show would they be? American Horror Story? Yeah, either that one or The Walking Dead, man. They're, they're both terrible. That, that whole team is just downhill. I think The only thing I did like is they gave Mixon a lot of opportunity. But Jeremy Hill did start. Yeah, he starts every game. He gets like five but, touches. But it's ridiculous. They're, they're opening the ball to Mixon. I think once they start getting that offense flowing. Mixon, they keep saying they're going to use him later in games, man, but he just keeps disappearing. They keep going some, somewhere else, you know, late in the game. I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I think Marvin Lewis is on his way out of town, man. Andy Dalton's an effing clown. I don't know what the hell's wrong with him, man. I, I really thought Dalton was going to have a comeback year this year, but no. All right, moving on to the Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Man. You did think the Chargers would win 23. I did. 20, they did I had win 23 nothing, right? It was 23 nothing. Yeah. Denver's You're right. <laughs> the Denver offense is struggling, man. Just, I don't know who the hell you can feel good about playing there. Trevor Simeon, you know, the first three weeks of the season, he looked like he was going to be okay. No, he's still the same Trevor Simeon we remember last year. Did you know yesterday that was the first time the Denver didn't score a point since like 2002 or three, something like that? It's been a long ass time. Was that Bubby Brister? playing quarterback after Elway retired, like that, that time frame. I don't know. It was just crazy how many games they, they played. It's like because the 49ers are number one, and then, then them, and then the Colts. So it's that many years since they've been shut out. Just irrelevant stat. Yeah, on the Broncos side of the ball, I had high hopes for Demarius Thomas. He let you down. Emmanuel Sanders was out in this one. A.J. Derby, who I said was going to have a good game, yeah, had a pretty good. decent game, had over double digits fantasy points. And C.J. Anderson – Jamal Charles is done. He, well, I'm over him. He's done. He's not doing anything unless CJ what, goes down. What do you think in your opinion? Okay, since they started, you know, we both love Charles. We've had him before. He's helped us win leagues. The first three games, they played CJ Anderson 85, 90% of the game. They dominated games they won. Now they're trying this, let's rotate CJ and Charles and bring Booker into third down. Now they're struggling. What do you think? Should you think go back to just giving CJ the rock and let him run it like that? They might as well uh, until he breaks down, which will be in a few weeks. But now they've got Booker on third downs. It's just, I think they're trying too much. I think you got the coach who everybody thought was great, who was in Miami, who sucks. There you go. Yeah, he's a defensive guy. Give CJ the ball. Let him run the ball. They were starting 3-0 or 2 or 3-0. Looked great on offense because they kept running him the rock and it opened the field. You got to give these guys, you can't be switching three, four running backs a game because you don't get no kind of rhythm. Running backs need rhythm. Agreed. On the San on the San Diego on the Los Angeles, I'm still I still can't get over that Los Angeles. Yeah, it's San hard. Diego I see, thing. It's I still see confusing Chargers, San Diego Chargers too. Yeah. So, on the Chargers side of the ball, Chargers look good all the way around, man. Defense, that offense, defense line is nasty. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Joey Bosa especially, man. So, Melvin Gordon does struggle in this one. Which we all kind of thought he was. Which, no, it kind of pissed me off actually because in one of our leagues here where I have Fournette, Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, and Jarek McKinnon as my running backs. Gordon's been riding the bench for the last few weeks because it was based on matchups, and I felt, okay. He's played superior the last three weeks. He has. So I was like, even though he's got a pretty tough matchup against Denver, Denver's run defense isn't that great. So I was like, yeah, I think Gordon's a safe play. You know, so I plugged him in, him in because Fournette was out. And, of course, with my luck, man, that's the game he struggles in, so... Hunter Henry continues to play pretty well in the tight end spot there. Keen Allen had a couple of targets. We knew he wouldn't do much. Once San Diego got that lead, they just want to run the rock, control the ball. They've won three in a row, so this should be a should be an interesting matchup. Them going in to see how they can handle uh, the Pats. It'll be a fun game to watch, I think. 
Yeah, we got the Patriots game here too, man. Yeah, yeah, Patriot Falcons. Oh my gosh! I thought it was gonna be a shootout. I had the Patriots going into this one, winning thirty six thirty one. And Atlanta's defense. What happened, man? I mean, they've had they had some playmakers there. I mean, Vic Vic Beasley's been healthy lately, and he still hasn't been a factor on their defensive side of the ball. Can we blame it on the fog? But no, we can't blame it on the fog. Just their OC is horrible. I don't know. I guess Kyle Shanahan was that good. I guess we, me and you didn't think he was that big of a deal, but he he obviously was the OC monster there. Shanahan is definitely a better coordinator than head coach. I think we can see that clearly. Yeah. I honestly think, too, as if you were the coach, head coach, I don't give a shit if the OC, you see the play calls going in. Mm-hmm. Third and one from the one-yard line. Do you not run Freeman or Coleman instead of doing this right-out pass, and then you do a, a sweep? With oh, on the fourth-down play near the no, goal line? Third, third and fourth. Run yeah. Third down, run the ball. With Freeman or Coleman. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I agree. I, I was thinking the same thing watching that one. And speaking of the fog that you hit on real quick, man, did you hear this whole NFL conspiracy about the Patriots had something to do with the fog being in the what? stadium? How crazy are some of these Patriot haters out there, man? Are trying to say it's all the fireworks now? Yeah, well, Julio Jones kind of started that whole thing there. and I think Julio was just messing. I think Julio knew they got dominated. Unfortunately, they got dominated on the ball. Yeah. Pat's D looked pretty good having those two guys come up from the practice squad that know how to play quarterback. So we'll see. We'll have to yeah. see another week in the system, see how they do this week coming up. But uh, like I said, don't don't trust any running back in the backfield there. And I was right again. Yeah, they rotate them in and out so you know like so nothing. frequently. Even Burkhead got a bunch of plays last night. Yeah. Amendola didn't do good. No. Chris Hogan got rocked again. Cooks, yeah. Cooks looked decent. Brandon Cooks continuing to play well there in, in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, he just keeps getting better and better in that offense. That's Gronk good to see. Decent, so. Yep, Gronk looked really well. I feel comfortable only playing those three. Brady, Cooks, and Gronk? Yep. Same here. Uh, you know, I like Hogan, too, though. I think Hogan was PR, yeah, but he gets rocked a lot. He's, he's one injury. He's just everybody is, but he's another hit away from being out. He got, like, yeah. really like concussion again last night. That was a hard-hitting game, too, man. Did you see how many hard yeah. hits were in that game? Of course, was... they hate each other. Yeah, I suppose. Matt Ryan looked like crap. Julio did his thing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Wasn't for the fourth, he'd be in trouble. Finally got in the end zone. and he, he, Well, in the, first half, in the first half, Julio Jones received his second red zone target of the season. Yeah. Second. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. If I have Julio Jones on my team, imagine if Brady had Julio Jones. How many oh, my God. He would love a guy like that. Yeah, who the hell would? Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback. He knows how to play football. He's a smart guy. He can play quarterback. So with having Julio Jones and you're the head coach, Dan Quinn, defensive-minded, you still need to make – you need to be like, listen, throw Julio the ball, at least one fade route or a post route, something like that right there. I mean, an out route. With Julio, he's 6'6". Did you see that touchdown catch by Julio? If Malcolm Butler was about two inches taller, might have been a different outcome there. Did you see that? It looked like it was picked. It looked like Malcolm Butler had the interception – yeah. He was in front of Julio. He caught the ball, but Julio caught it at the same time simultaneously. And Julio just took it away from like a little baby. Man, yeah. Candy was, baby. Julio's too strong. Funny. He is. Not if you're, if aren't you the quarterback and you're there and you have Julio, don't you just throw a ball 10 feet in the air and just let him jump up and get the ball? Yeah, like Randy I mean, Moss style back in the day. Yeah, who's going to out jump him? Nobody I can think of. Yeah. Before I hit on the preview real quick for tonight's Washington Redskins and Philadelphia Eagles game. You just mentioned something that was pretty interesting, too, about the Brandon Cooks touchdown pass or reception from Tom Brady there. You want to run down that play real quick? He, he's coming, look like a sweep, and he just, Brady 
hikes the ball and shotgun just taps the ball forward like a little he really fired that one in there didn't he (laughs) yeah he launched it in there for a two-yard touchdown and i love the gronk post conference when uh he's like he hears he was like run run rob run that's all he hears Ron Gronkowski saying that from Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and Cooks was holding on to his jersey, kind yeah. of following him. Which there. I think is illegal now, but who cares? He yeah. scored a touchdown. I don't, I don't care. care. Yeah, when I saw that, I was wondering, I was like, now is that going to be considered a receiving touchdown or is that going to be like a rushing touchdown? And damn sure I knew, I knew it was a passing touchdown because anytime they ladder the ball forward, even if it was underhand, it'd still be a touchdown. Yep. Moving on to tonight's Redskins Eagles game, Carson Wentz. I think he's definitely going to – he's on his way to becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think a few years from now he's going to be – Yeah, he does. The Redskins, they've been rolling lately too, man, both sides of the ball, offense and defense. No Josh Norman, though. Yeah, no Josh Norman. That's going to make it tough for him. But I think Redskins are going to win this one in Philadelphia. What's the score going to be? Redskins 31, Philly 27. I hope I see you got 30-27. I hope it's going to be a low-scoring game because I'm up 50 in the league and I got, I'm against Wentz and uh, – Chris Thompson. Well, Terrell Pryor has been disappointing. Maybe you can have like an Amari Cooper-like bounce back here because I need like 40 points from Terrell Pryor to win one of my leagues here. Stay 7-0, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Kirk Cousins, I think he has a big game, and I think he's going to be a top-five quarterback because it's damn sure not very hard to become that this week. A lot of down quarterback play this yeah. week. Carson Wentz, I think he's going to jump. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Kirk, Kirk Cousins will be – a top eight fantasy quarterback for this week. Carson Wentz will be a top five quarterback this week. I actually think Cousins outscores Wentz tonight. Do you? Yeah. Could happen. I think it's gonna be. I think I think Wentz gets like twenty-eight to thirty, and I think Cousins gets like around thirty to thirty-two. Ooh, that's gonna be top three finishes there. Yeah. Could happen, man. What about Wendell Smallwood? Do you think he's got any value in this game? Think he's gonna do well? I don't think Smallwood does that great for me tonight. This could be a good shootout. We could. Because it's going to be a little chilly over there. Yeah, I don't, I'm not expecting too much from him, especially coming back from the injury. On the Maybe PPR, he gets around 10, 8, 10 points. Now, I think Blunt rushes for 70 and a TD tonight. Oh, I disagree. A TD, it could happen. I could see that. As far as the yardage, I don't think he gets more than 40 yards in this one. Now, on the Redskins side of the ball, I don't. I can't say I like Terrell Pryor, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the for the MF or man to to bounce back a little bit. I think he's going to get six catches, 80 yards, hopefully a touchdown. But I wouldn't bank on it. Jameson Crowder, though, I think is going to have a game where he's going to get like nine catches. So he'll be a high high waiver ad this week. Then you're saying? I think he will be. What about does Reed finally get in the end zone? Yep, I think Reed has a big game here too. I think four touchdowns from Washington, and I think it's all going to be through the air, man. I think Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to throw four touchdown passes. So you man. think we yeah. could have like a five catch, two touchdowns, 40 yards game like he usually does back in the day? Yep. I think Josh Doxson gets a touchdown, 40 yards. Yeah, that's the next guy I was going to mention too. I think he's going to have a, you know two catches, 60 yards, and possibly a touchdown as well. Who do you got in this one, man? Do you know I got the Redskins 31-27? I'm going to take uh, Philly 24-23 at home. I like it. I like it. Elliott hits the game-winning field goal. What do you think about Chris Thompson tonight with Rob Kelly starting? I think Chris Thompson... How do you think Rob Kelly does tonight? I don't think he does very well. Chris Thompson? I think it's four catches, 60 yards, and probably 12 rushing, maybe a TD. I'll, I'll go like five catches. I'll say 45 yards, no TD. I think he's going to have about... I think about 65 total yards, though, running and receiving. I think he has around 80, which is that's about... 
what I predicted. It could be. You ready to get to the mail back here? Let's fire away. Mailbag. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? All right, get into the mailbag here real quick. Number one, should I drop Ty Montgomery? It's from Tim in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. I would say no. But yeah, I agree. EPR. I'm not dropping him, so hold on. Who are you going to drop him for? I don't know. I guess we'll get to that. We get to I do think Ty Montgomery, if they can maybe split some wins here and there when Montgomery comes back, his ribs are healed, I think he gets it back. But we'll see. I think Aaron he will Jones be a lot. Of, he'll be in the game a lot. Oh, he'll definitely get some play. I think a PPR will be valuable. Yeah. And Aaron Jones, I think he's going to be the guy they're going forward in that backfield for the foreseeable future. Aaron future. Jones a must start. I say no because it's going to be hard. Yep, that's question two. Aaron Jones, is he a must start. James and Andover, Maryland. I'm going to say matchup based, just because. Depending of on your, play. If he, if, depending on your, say you had David Johnson and then you have like. A, and then you got Hyde, and then you have like, and if he's uh, if he's one of your top running backs, then yeah, he's a must start for you. He's not a must start for me in my league because one of my leagues I have Hunt and Martin, and I got Hyde and McKinnon, so I will start Hunt and Martin over him. Yeah, sticking with the Packers team here. Question number three: What do I do with Jordy Nelson? And this didn't have a name; it just said Champagne. Trade if you can. I trade him. I think he'll be. Uh, Wide receiver too, but I got Dez as my one, and I got Julio, so I have those two. Try to trade him. Yeah, I would. I would try to trade him if I could get some good value for him. Otherwise, I'd be fine starting him as a wide receiver too as well. I would think he's trade, still gonna have some value. Would you trade Jordy Nelson for Jarek McKinnon and Terrell Pryor? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you offered me that trade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. Which, okay. That was one of your best trade offers ever. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of trade offers real quick, man. So, I want to get to this real quick, all right? A quick recap. All right, well, all right, let's finish them out here. All right, I'll get to that in a second then. All right, number four, I need help. My running backs are CJ Anderson, Rob Kelly, Marshawn Lynch, Mark Ingram. Other than Ingram, who do I play each week? April in East Lansing, Michigan. I think you, if, if it's standard straight up, I think after Rob Kelly tonight, see how he plays. It's PPR. What? Oh, it's PPR? Did yeah. I miss that? No, I, I didn't print it out, but you know, okay. so, so subject line said PPR question. I think you got to go Ingram and CJ. I want to see how Rob Kelly does tonight. If he does like he should and, and controls the backfield, I would feel fine starting Rob Kelly in a PPR league over CJ. I agree with CJ and Ingram. I think that's got to be it. Although, yeah, you know, Rob Kelly could bounce back too. The Washington team's playing well. He's coming back. Kelly's coming back from injury. He was damn good in the second half last year, man. So he could get it he going. He's pretty good. The he first doesn't catch the ball. Or two, too. He yeah. doesn't catch the ball. And Marshawn Lynch, to me, man, he's droppable. Well, no, don't drop him, but you can't start him with confidence. Especially next week, he's suspended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that, too, here in a minute. All right, number five. Who should I pick up this week? Robert Woods or Marquise Lee? This is from Rob in Rochester, New York. I trust golf more than Bortles. Yep, I agree. I agree. How about this? Woods. You could probably pick up Woods, pick him up first, and Jacksonville's on a, a buy, so a lot of people won't think about picking up because he won't pop up high on the ads, and then maybe you can sneak him in after the waiver. 
could. You could. But, but I'd rather have Woods. All right. Now, before we move on to some of the random questions that were submitted here, let's go to a quick recap of a trade that happened uh, last week, man. And it gave me a real moment of confliction because in the leagues where I reside as commissioner, I don't like to veto trades. I feel every team should be able to manage their team how they see fit. And last week, man, I received the notification that a trade had been approved. I don't remember the entirety of the trade. Accepted. It was accepted, yeah, I should say. Uh, I don't remember the, the whole trade, like everybody involved, but I do remember that two players from each side that were involved were Mike Evans and Jordan Howard in exchange for Jimmy Graham and Derrick Henry. Now, that's some BS right there, man. I mean, that's the biggest fantasy heist that I've seen in quite some time. And I immediately text Norm, who was the one sending out Mike Evans and Jordan Howard, in a bit of a rage, man. And I quote, WTF, Norm, did you just eat an entire carton of ice cream? What the F kind of brain-numbing BS trade did you just accept? Holy hell, I didn't think you were that retarded, man. But that trade was straight Mongo, end quote. Norm said he did not mean to accept the trade. He didn't mean to press accept. Dude does have some fat fingers. So now perhaps I overreacted when I was going off on Norm there. But Jeff, what do you think about that trade? <laughs> that was between me and Norm. We were just messing with you. I just had surgery. I was high on some painkillers. I was like, let's fuck with Chris. Yeah, you were the trade rapist in that whole trade scenario we were there. Just messing with you. Yeah, I right, mean, you're trying to get Evans. But how about what do you think on this? Okay. I, a commissioner in some leagues too, I approve every trade. But in redraft leagues, do you believe in letting someone in last place with no chance of making the playoffs trade a top uh, second, third, or fourth guy? A uh, lot better players in value than what they're getting. I don't believe in that. I think you can should veto those. I agree on that because that, that sounds like collusion to me. But if it's a dynasty or a keeper, and, and obviously like, and he trades uh, uh, one of his... The guy trades a keeper for a better value. Like, for example, I have David Johnson, and I trade David Johnson. Obviously, he's out for the year for, like, a Mark Ingram. Obviously, you know I'm trading the keeper to a guy in last place because I'm getting Ingram in return for that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think with Dynasty Leagues and Keeper Leagues, it's fine to do stuff like that. But, yeah, redrafts, no, it sounds too too much like collusion for redrafts. All right, man, moving on some of the random questions we got here. Dumbest prank you ever pulled. Dumbest prank I ever pulled. I'll, uh, I'll let you go on this one first. All right. For me, man, what came to mind when I saw this email here, the dumbest prank I ever pulled, man, goes back to my middle school days. Sixth grade, I believe. All right. There was this kid, right, in my science class. Uh, sixth grade, yep, up in Virginia Beach. And he was kind of a, a pain in the ass kind of kid, kind of annoying kid, you know what I mean? Kind of just... You know, I don't know how to describe him. He was just a kid that, whatever, he was just kind of a punk-ass kid. So I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this MF from me. I'm going to get him. He was, like, talking talking SH, you know, like, during class that day. I was like, I'm going to get his ass. So I, you know, asked the teacher, can I go to the bathroom? I go to the bathroom, and I um, have an empty Sprite bottle with me, right? Take it with me. I go, and I, uh, I piss in that bottle. You know, filled up to the top. It, although I didn't have quite enough piss, so I had to add a little bit of water in it. So I watered down piss in the Sprite bottle. Put the cap back on it. You know, Sprite bottles are green, so you can't really see what color the actual liquid is. It doesn't matter what color it is, because that green tint on the bottle, man, kind of blocks it out. So I go, I come back to class, and uh, I'm only sitting like, I'm not sitting very far from him. I'm sitting like two chairs down from him at the desk. 
And, you know, his book bag is on the floor and his lunchbox is on the floor. So I grab his lunchbox when he's not really paying attention. I go and slip that, that Sprite bottle right into his lunchbox there. Now, some of my other friends, because we were still about a good two classes away from lunch. So some of the other friends, man, that I had in the, that class, you know, I kind of let them know about what I just did to them, right? Like, oh, yeah, you got David. Good job. You know, because nobody liked David. David, no. Hmm. He's one of those also, those mother, mother efforts, man. Like, you remember the movie True Lies? Yeah. All right, remember how uh, Schwarzenegger, who was a spy in that movie, had, like, the sunglasses with the camera you could see? You could see yeah. behind it. You could see behind him. Yeah, this dude used to, like, wear those shits all the time, man. Just like, oh, I'm cool as shit. I got these glasses with the camera in them. You know, one of these MFers, man. So anyway, so lunchtime comes around. We're all in the cafeteria. And what I did not expect is that word travels fast in two classes because by the time we're all sitting down for lunch, everybody in that cafeteria, man, knew that David had a bottle full of piss and a Sprite bottle in his lunchbox. So all eyes are on him. And, of course, my eyes are on his ass. And we just see him pull out the Sprite, man. I'll never forget the look on this kid's face. The whole scene, I will never forget, man. It's just etched in my brain. So he picks up the Sprite bottle. He's looking at it like a surprise look on his face. Like, oh, mom packed this? Mom packed a Sprite, man. That's nice. I think he had some, like, I think he had, like, a bottle of water or something like that. Or maybe a Capri Sun. I don't know. Anyway, so he's looking at the Sprite. He's got the surprise look on his face. I, I see him pop off the top. And he just starts guzzling it, man. He just starts drinking it like, like, dude, like, like he was, like he was parched from like back to back, full core, five on five or something like that. You know what I mean? He was just down in this Sprite bottle. And the whole class is, or not the whole class, the whole cafeteria is just busting out laughing. And I did initially, and then I got real, real scared, man, real nervous, real damn nervous. Like, oh, I'm getting busted right here, man. This is it for me. And he, the facial expression after he drank it, he looks at the Sprite bottle like, what the F did I just drink? And he goes and tells a lunch lady, you know, wearing a hairnet and everything. And I can't hear what they're saying because they're on the other side of the cafeteria. But, man, I was just so lucky that I never got busted for that. But I, I, it was kind of dumb on my part because um, a couple years later, he actually turned out to be a pretty nice guy. So I felt kind of bad about know? that one in hindsight. What's that? Does he know? Oh, oh, hell no, he doesn't know. Not, the, not to my knowledge. There was a kid in my high school that drank piss for five bucks. Yeah, is that kid still breathing today? Yeah, he is. That's pretty smart. I'll go with the dumbest prank I ever pulled was probably one of my friends, uh, Melissa. We used to hang out all the time. Just a friend. We uh, went to this place called Yard House, and they have a spicy tuna roll. And she went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the spicy tuna roll has, like, avocado. So I took the big-ass piece of wasabi. Wasabi. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I swapped it out with the, the, with the avocado. avocado. Down, like, we were been drinking. I was like, Melissa, here's a big bite. And she ate the whole piece of wasabi. She was pissed. Oh, I felt bad. Which, I bet her tears coming out of her eyes, man. Yeah. I would say the greatest prank I ever did was uh, I put the wrapped the cellophane around the toilet. And when someone went to took a dump. Oh, you did that? Did you get him? Yeah. Oh. All back up on him. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's dirty. Who was that? Who'd you do that to? Uh, Darren, my little brother. Over <laughs> 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 well, younger, like 15. Yeah. I've done shit to my brothers back in the day, too. What about the best prank you've ever pulled? Greatest prank I've ever pulled would, would be, when I guess, when my youngest daughter, Ava, was a little baby, like 
maybe a, a month old. Uh, my mother-in-law was staying with us for a little bit to help out my wife, um, you know, post-childbirth and everything. And um, I'm rocking the baby to sleep in, my, in a blanket, right? And I'm walking around the house. I got her in a blanket, and she fell asleep. I go and put her in the crib because she fell asleep. But I go and grab one of her baby dolls, and I go ahead and wrap it in the blanket. And I'm still, you know, just walking around the house, rocking now this baby doll. But to everybody else's knowledge, it's the baby itself herself so i'm walking by the sofa where my mother-in-law is sitting and i pretend to trip and i made it look real as hell right and i, I just throw the damn baby in the blanket across the room and she freaked out man she was going ape shit and she's looking oh my god oh my god the baby's not making any sound oh my god call 911 call 911 and Sure as shit, man, because she jumped off that couch and ran over there. She sees it's a baby doll. <laughs> and, oh, man, it took it took a long time for me to... Uh, I'm going to do that. To be... What's that? I'm going to do that. You wouldn't? I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that got her real good, man. Um, but, yeah, she didn't... Well, if she didn't... Well, meet her don't... Well, I guess relationship's good now, I suppose. But, uh, no, it took a long time to, to for her to get over that one. That was pretty rough on her part, man. All right, so uh, we've got some Halloween-themed questions here, too. Most memorable Halloween moment? I guess I can remember when I was a kid, and I came home with uh, two pillowcases full of candy. Yeah, good good thing, good deal. For me, man, it, it goes back to, yeah, childhood days, I guess. I guess like, I guess like freshman year of high school, me and uh, a couple friends were drinking corona, Coronas at uh, this dude's house, this dude John, Mc, John McFerrin, I think. I don't know if he's still alive or not, man. He was kind of a reckless kid back then. Anyway, so he's having a house party there, and we're drinking beer, and there's a like a bayou in the backyard, right? Like a canal that goes out to, I don't know where the hell it goes out to. It goes out to somewhere. Anyway, he has like an inflatable boat, right? And there's this dude, Andre, that's there, and we were going to play a prank on Andre. So we're all in the boat, man. We're all drinking a little bit, and we know Andre can't swim. You know, he was hesitant to even get on the boat because he could not swim. So we all jump out of the boat when it's in the middle of the bayou there, and we swim back to, to shore, I guess you call it. So we're all looking. We took the paddle with us, so Andre's kind of stuck floating out in the boat by himself on the raft, I should say, like a big-ass, like, 12-man raft. And he's freaking out, man. He's just sitting there drunk as hell, stumbling. He's screaming he can't swim. He's got tears in his eyes. And this was where it gets really funny, man. So John throws the paddle to him, you know, to help him out so he could paddle his ass back to shore because he damn sure wasn't getting in that water. There's snakes in that water, too. Anyway, so John throws the paddle, hits drunk Andre in the face. <laughs> Andre falls out the boat. We got to go save his ass. Oh, man. oh, but definitely memorable. That's for sure. All right, man. How about this next one here? What's the best candy on the market? Carmelo. Yeah. Yep. I'm going Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, man. Oh, yeah. So now, man, before we get out of here, let's just run down some waiver wire real quick. And... I'll go with uh, Robert Woods. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. All right, man. 
What the fuck is it? Yeah, I gotta memorize where all this shit is on the soundboard now. All right, man, let's do some rank them wide waiver wire targets. Targets. Rank them. All right, Jeff, give me your top five waiver wire targets heading into week eight. Waiver wire targets this week, my top five. I would probably put, depending uh, on the quarterback injuries, I like Josh McCown up there. Obviously, Jermaine Curse is going to be added. I think he's he's, he's playing in zone. Marvin Mack probably my number one. Actually, McFadden will probably be my number one guy. Then uh, Robert Woods, Marvin Mack. I'm assuming Josh McCown. He's going to be quarterback. He's playing pretty good. Yeah. Point by point. Yeah. For, for my five, I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you in Robert Woods and Marvin Mack. I'm going to throw Kenny Stills in there. And. Yeah, Jermaine Curse as well, man. I think Curse, yeah, he's definitely got pretty good rapport there with Josh McCown. He's been fine in the end zone, like you said. And I'm going to throw another name out there, though. How about Jalen Richard? Yeah, especially this week. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch suspended this week, and he's been struggling anyway. I don't know, man. I, I just don't see how. It, well, I mean, that, then again, the Raiders' record isn't that great, but I don't see how a team that wants to win now can just rely, just continue to rely on giving Marshawn Lynch all the opportunity there. I, I don't know. I think Jalen Richard, it could be DeAndre Washington, but for my Washington money. Washington has the best upside. You know that I drafted him in all our leagues, but I dropped him. Yeah, I would still say Jalen Richard's got a better chance to succeed than Washington. I just like Jalen Richard a little bit better, although they, either one of them really could. All right, who? how about some drops? Who are you dropping? Drop some dead weight. Matt Breda. Team. Yep, I agree. Matt Breda all day. I dropped him in all my leagues. Yep. Thomas Lacey. Thomas Lacey. You, yep, Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy. You, you got them both. Guys. One yes. sentence. Drop them yep. both. Uh, Matt Forte is a guy I would add, actually, too. I was thinking about just He's now. pretty decent. Yeah, PPR leagues. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can think of to drop right now. I'm, you know, I'm actually on the fence about dropping Marcus Mariota. I'm picking up I, – yeah. I picked up Phillip Rivers – I'd rather roll with Rivers and you know, Mariota at this point. Big Ben's available in a lot of leagues, and he, he looked pretty good. I wouldn't mind adding yeah. Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben. His, be his matchups coming up are pretty easy. Yep. All right, man, that's really about all the time we got here. Anything you uh you want to add before we get out of here? Um, I love my trade I got today. Yes, I know you do. Um, anyways, guys, go check out, go check out the website, fantasysportstudios.com. Don't forget to submit your, submit your mailbag questions to questions at fantasysportstudios.com. And drop Kosh the Palmer and Andrew Luck. Yes, agreed. Agreed. All right, man. We'll see you guys in a few days to do the preview show for week eight. See ya. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Flex. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play Music. Visit fantasysportstudios.com to get your fantasy sports fix and interact with the show. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy S Studios and on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Fantasy Sports Studios.